Today is the first Lord's Day of 2022. New year, new beginning. Newness always excites us. And nothing wrong with being excited about the new things, but you will see and hear about new you. So we sign up for gyms and we try to be healthy this year. We do all kinds of resolutions to try new things, to learn new things. God had many new beginnings if you look into the Bible. After the creation and after the fall, things go wrong. So there was the first murder in the first family. But God gives them the new beginning with the birth of Seth. That's a new beginning for them. After the flood, God starts a new beginning with Noah's family. But it was not good enough, so God chooses Abraham. There's a new beginning in Genesis 12. Story goes on, and there's the new beginning with King David instead of King Saul, because Saul was not good. There was multiple new beginnings, exiles and return of the exiles, but you understand all those New with small new beginnings was setting up a stage for the new beginning. This is Christmas story. But when you think about this, this is the new beginning in human history. This was the realization of God's eternal plan and decree. This story is bigger than the creation Story bigger than the creation itself. You know why? Because creation did not involve the suffering of God. Creation was simply speaking things into fiat, and God creates things. God speaks things into being. That's creation. But what we witness in this story, we always miss that because it involves a baby. It's a simple story about baby Jesus. But from the perspective of God and eternity, this story is the new beginning for the human race. And it involves the suffering of God incarnate. So this story is bigger than the creation story. So this story is the most mysterious, most loving, and the most marvelous event that has ever occurred on this side of heaven. Then, my question today for all of of us is, is there something that we could learn from this new beginning? As I said in the beginning, what I have in mind is to think about who God is. Yes, we know God. But again, if we may, 
put God, G-O-D, into God again. What kind of God is he? How does he operate? And that is very important. Because only after you understand who God is and what he is like, how he does things, then you will have right expectation for 2022. True knowledge of God gives us right expectation for our lives. So this is, I think, is very important for us to think about in the beginning of this year. Title of today's message is Grace and Glory. Because the way in which God works, God always invites a few to witness His glory. And we call that His grace. It is all about His glory. But the way in which He does things, when you look into the Bible, by grace, He always cracks open His inner life to the chosen few for them to witness. So grace and glory, glory and grace. So that's how we are going to see this event. Grace and glory. I want us to think about the shepherds today. And I always wonder why would Luke include the shepherd's story? I always thought that is not a good way to write a history. Is Luke so desperate to authenticate the story of this virgin birth of Christ? And he will choose shepherds who, as you know, whose testimonies will not be allowed in the court of the law the lowest people in the society. And they were in somewhere in the field that this account cannot be verified. But as you look into it carefully, you will see how God operates. This is the paradigm we should conform our hearts to. Notice how ordinary the night was. And how everyone was minding their own businesses. Verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds. Some shepherds. We don't even know their names. Staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Now the birth of Christ was not noticed by the Innkeeper. She gave birth because there was no room in the inn, so probably we think in the barn, barn house, where the manger is. So, a few yards away from the barn house, the innkeeper didn't know what kind of birth this was. The people who are occupying those rooms, they had no idea, a few feet away. God came in human form. People in Bethlehem had no idea what happened. Nearby in Jerusalem, no one knew what was happening. 
King Herod didn't know. Quirinius, the governor of Syria, didn't know. Caesar Augustus didn't know. On this night, everyone was doing their own things to make money, to survive, to care for their families, minding their own businesses, and even the shepherds too. Shepherds were not better than the rest of the people. What happened to them was verse 9, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Why? What caused that to happen? It's not because the shepherds were better people, qualified than all these people that I've mentioned. No, it is by grace of God alone. God chose them to be the first hearers of the news and the first eyewitnesses of the birth of Christ. Why? You have to ask. Why? Why them? Because of grace of God. In His infinite wisdom, God chose them the lowest. Once again, why? God's choosing. God's grace. If you read carefully, it is very likely that they were the first eyewitnesses of Christ. Verse 7, she gives birth, and this is what it says. She gave birth to a son, firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger. We know that. But you listen to the angel, verse 12, he says, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes. That is not a peculiar sign. Now, all the babies were born, they would be wrapped. But lying in a manger, and lying in a manger. Verse 16, so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. It tells me, that this is possibly the very night that Jesus was born, that they are witnessing the birth of Christ because of the manger. They stay about eight days and they go to, according to Luke, go to Jerusalem to go through the ritual for Jesus. And there's a Matthew story about the Magi and King Herod sending them to Bethlehem. So it has to, you have to accommodate, accommodate those two stories but because of manger, I believe it is either the very first night or very close to it. My point is this. God is doing His work of salvation in now Bethlehem. If you have seen all kinds of fireworks the other night, where, where were you? What were you doing that, that, that time? You know, 1158, 59. Were you counting down those few seconds? Wherever you were? I almost missed it because I was actually writing my sermon. <laughs> After the trip from Houston, I had to rewrite some portions. And I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> if you were God, if you are sending your Savior, your son, only begotten son, what would you do? Wouldn't you send thousands of 
angels and send out the news in the major newspapers and announce that the important thing just happened. But the way in which God does His things is that God does not announce it on top of the mountain through some kind of big angel. Everybody, wake up everybody, waking up everyone from their sleep. But only to a chosen few, God decides to tell them the news, sending them an angel. Did you hear what the angel said? When you hear this angel, what comes to your mind? Angel is an angel. We know Gabriel, he comes and tells us good news, and so on. But Luther says something about this verse, and it really changed my perspective on the angel. Luther says, this, this angel, the angel was in the place of all the preachers of the gospel. Angel is the first preacher from heaven announcing the birth of Christ. In that, he is an example of faithful preacher. Then what he announces is not simply a news, but it is the gospel preaching. And the content is, as you see, the gospel announcement. Let me read that to you. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. As I was thinking about that, it really made me stop and think about my life and my expectation. In that announcement by that angel, he says it's a great news, good news for, of great joy, which will be for all the people. By grace, they were chosen, correct? So angel is announcing what just happened, only to them. But the content of that good news is Christ, His birth, Savior, for you, Christ the Lord. If you are one of those shepherds, what would be the good news for you. Probably you are thinking, Andrew says, here's good news for you. Good news of great joy. I will expect the angel to say, you know, you'll get an office job. No more field job. That is harsh. No more sleet, rain, winds. No more beasts. You get a nice office job, 9 to 7, 9 to 5, and you go home, and you get a hot meal. You can start your own company. That's good news for them. What is good news for you? What would be the good news for you 2022? 
If angel shows up, what do you want to hear from him? If, we, if you could interview anyone who was in the city, looking at, I don't know what happened in the city. I only saw when I turned it on, Eric Adams was swearing in. I missed everything else. I don't know what happened. But if I ask, if I'm a reporter, if I go to New York City and ask anyone, what is your wish, 2022? You know what they would say? Same thing. Nobody getting sick, health, promotion, better pay, my wishes being fulfilled. If I go to Sydney, fireworks are there always. If I ask anyone, they'll say the same thing. If I go anywhere else, if I interview anyone, what is your wish? What do you think? What is the good news? Then they will say, oh, I want this to happen for me. I want this to happen for me. But for them, shepherds, they are listening. Angel, wouldn't you listen? Listening. But he says there's good news, great news of joy. And he talks about Jesus' birth. Course correction that is needed for all Christians is this. We think of grace of God for good things happening in my life. God was gracious, by that I mean, we mean, oh, God was gracious in giving me this, not getting sick, not wrong in in and of itself. But here, what I notice is the grace of God has to do primarily with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We know that. But it is so shocking. The angel does not add anything else to what he's saying here. Apart from the Christ's birth, he does not say or promise anything good to the shepherds. I am so shocked and surprised that that's how God worked on the very first and very important night of Christ's birth. He does not announce it to the kings and the emperors of the world, the rich and powerful, most learned, the most beautiful people, only to the shepherds. And only announcement was really the gospel. The same old story. That's why I chose that song. Tell me that old old story. But why is it not good enough for many of us? Because we have lost the true purpose of God showing us grace. Grace, first and foremost, has to do with the gospel and God's glory and not good things. Of course, we expect good things to happen. Nobody's against that. But in our lives, Christian lives, you leave that alone what happens is that good things we regard it as secondary comes creeping in. And sooner or later, good things are sitting on the throne. So f- 
from time to time, we need to hear this. That grace, the reason why God shows you the grace, gave you the grace, is to give you the ears to hear the gospel of Christ, the Savior's birth. But for many of us, that news is behind us, because we cannot be saved every month. Our perception and expectations change or changed. When God does not give us good things that I expect in my life, my joy in God in the gospel of Christ has died. Good things do not indicate or prove that God is alive, or God is for me, or God loves me. Goodness of God, grace of God, and God's love is confirmed for me and for you. If God has shown you the grace that Christ's arrival, coming of Christ, the Savior, means something great for you. That's how you prove God loves you. Any other attempt to prove God is alive, or God is for me, or God loves me, in good things in the world, will fail. How do I know that? This story is a very important story. This is the paradigm. And my expectation doesn't fit into that, into that story. Shepherds needed many things in their lives. But the angel, the preacher, comes along and says nothing else than the birth of Christ. That's how it was And that's how it is, that's how it should be, and that's how it will be. So when you understand grace properly, that it has to do mainly with the gospel, it destroys the false view of God, therefore the false expectation from God. What I am saying to you is that, Grace is not there, or grace is not given to you to help our lives. Grace is given to me, grace is given to you, so that you could have your eyes focused on Christ and the gospel. That's why God gave them the grace. That's why God gave you the grace. Everything else is added unto you for His glory. So do not say to God, God, I expected this to happen 2021, but it didn't happen, so you do not love me. That is a very childish statement. That does not fit into the gospel story. That's not how God operates, and that's not how God works His eternal counsel out. Grace and Glory. I titled it because I was staring at that little book 
Voss's sermon book, Grace and Glory. Do you know where it appears in the Bible? And I was thinking, what is that? Is that a phrase from the Bible, grace and glory? Attached together? I looked it up. It comes from Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord God gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Grace and glory. But many translations will translate that into favor and honor. So depending on what translation you have, you probably either have not encountered that phrase or have. But the important thing is, grace and glory, they are tied together. Because if you would look at verse 14, suddenly multitude of heavenly hosts, they show up with the angel, and verse 14, they sing. And they sing this, glory to God in the highest. That's right. It is always about the glory of God. Right? So they are saying this, glory to God in the highest. The purpose of Christ's birth was salvation, but it is about the glory to God in the highest. The reason why the shepherds are listening to this is because they need to give glory to God. The reason why for us is the same, but our God always shows His grace. So glory to God in the highest, but the second half says that on earth, Peace among men with whom he is pleased. He does not say it is all about my glory, though it is. He shows grace to the people saying, on earth, peace among men. Our God is gracious. Finally, as I was carefully reading and was tracing, I was tracing the shepherds, you will realize the shepherds were doing something. And there's a theme to their actions. And I'll end with that. Look with me. Verse 15. What do they say and what do they do? Angels gone. The shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Verse 17, when they had seen this, what do they do? They do not, it does not say they bowed down to the baby. They gave gifts like the Magi. They were not singing songs to them. But they were doing one thing. You know what they were doing? They made known the statement which had been told them about this child. In one sense, they are becoming preachers as well. They are telling the parents what they heard from the angel. That's what they are doing. They're not doing anything else but recounting what the angel had told them. 
And they are relaying that message to the parents. Verse 18, And all who heard it, you see the emphasis on their testimony. All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherd, you see. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them, what? What she has heard. Them in her heart. And listen to verse 20. The shepherds went back. What do they do? Glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen just as had been told them. Their behavior, their actions, it is all about the word of God delivered, received, believed, trusted, and praised. That's the true sign of conversion. And past couple of days as I've been finalizing this, you know, I had to do some my own heart check. Slowly, slowly, as that verse 3 said, the glory of the world has affected me. This entire scene of chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, is on mute. The world is doing their own thing. Even this heavenly chorus, the singing, only the shepherds are hearing, listening. Nobody else heard it. Mute. This God, in chapter 2, Luke, this God is God. God does not need approval from men. This God does not need verification or witness from men. God doesn't care. God does not need that. God simply does His own will. And in that, only a few are invited. In this case, shepherds. Namely, shepherds. And I may say to you, God will do the same until His return, Christ's return. God will do His own thing. He, he will work out His own plan of salvation. But if God shows you grace, if you have seen the inner life of Christ in the Bible, what God is doing, it is really grace to you, good for you. May we expect God to fulfill His purpose through our lives. Let us have right expectation by knowing this God, what kind of God He is. If your heart is not satisfied or thankful for Christ alone, then you need to do something about your heart. It's been corrupted by world's influence, world's glory. They are telling you that there should be more. It is human nature that we expect good things to happen. It's okay to expect good things from God. 
But let us be careful that it is not the main thing that we seek. We do not measure God's goodness and love by good things happening in my life, in our lives. We measure that by the gospel of Christ. What is life all about? What is the chief end? The wise man already answered that question. To glorify God and to enjoy Him. Do not try to satisfy your longings by going into the world. Things. If it's not satisfied, then you need to come to Him. We need to learn how to enjoy Him and be satisfied in Him. Grace to you for the glory of God alone. Let's pray.